You've eaten Gotham's wealth, its spirit, but your feast is nearly over. This is not my hole. It's an operating table. And I'm the surgeon. Why aren't you laughing? From this moment on, none of you are safe. Welcome to the Batman Book Club, a podcast exploring the Dark Knight Library. I am your host, Ryan Lauer. The Batman Book Club is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by BatmanOnFilm.com. Just go to BatmanPodcastNetwork.com for a whole list of other Bat-related shows that also dive into some other nerdy subjects that we love to frolic about in our free time. Thank you for tuning in to episode number 51, Detective Comics 725 and 726. Joining me for the first time on this show is a dynamic duo. Yes, they patrol the streets of Westchester, Illinois as Daddy Batman and his ward. It is Mr. Nicholas Caruso and Nico Caruso. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Hey man, thank you so much. That's a that's a great opening, man. Thank you. What an intro. I've yeah. I've I've never been called a ward till right <laughs> now, and it feels strangely right for some reason. So I'm going to roll with it. Yeah. It, I mean, it's 100% accurate, right? It is 100% accurate. And I left out that you guys are two thirds of the three headed beast known as the Vigilante 1939 podcast. So for anybody unfamiliar, tell, tell us a little bit about that show. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like Ryan just said, we're two thirds, which rounds out to about 67%, I believe of the Vigilante 1939 podcast. It's a, it's a father, son, close friend of 20 years dynamic. Um, we started as a little hobby and now it's, we've been welcomed into this wonderful community with all you guys. And we just talk about, you know, everything good and nerdy in the comic book entertainment world. We're pretty much DC leaning, but we dive into things like the MCU and star Wars, et cetera. Um, we talk about the film, the comic books, all that jazz. So, uh, come check us out. After you listen to the show, you might regret it, but one time is all you need to try. <laughs> now it's common for, for of course, two buddies and two friends to start a podcast, but the unique and uh, charming addition to your guys is that Nico, you brought your dad aboard to this. So how did it, it like in short, how did you guys, uh, how did that come about? Yeah. Um, we, we always wanted to do a show together mm-hmm. um, because for the longest time we were the only two we were the only two friends who were into this stuff. And when I mean into this stuff, into the comic books, into the deep stuff, not just like the Avengers Mm -hmm. and the Nolan films, you know what I mean? Which, which pretty much what the mainstream is used to. Um, so we, we always toyed toyed around the idea with it. Um, but we never really had the confidence. It was kind of, it was kind of that we, yeah, we both don't like how we look or sound on camera or audio. (laughs) Um, you always were like, you didn't have the time for it. Yeah. I, um, I am someone who stutters actually. So I didn't really have confidence to ever do it, um, until I got older. Um, and then Zeddy, our good friend was actually starting one and he was going to actually start it. Not many people know this. Um, he, he was going to start it with two other hosts and then they, that was like a loose idea for a few months. And then they told them, actually, we don't want to do it right when they were going to do like their first show, he created the Twitter account and everything came up with the name, came oh, up yeah, with the right. name. Yeah. So then him and I actually lost contact for a while. We went to grade school together. Then we went to different high schools and colleges. And then he DM me one day 
and said, Hey, I'm going to start a podcast. Do you want to be on it? And actually, can your dad be our first guest? Yeah. And we had so much fun with the first one. <laughs> he made us the co-host and then we never looked back. And this was like two years ago. This was early 2019. Um, so that's kind of it. And yeah, I mean, when, when they, when I gotta be honest with you, when they asked me, I I wasn't even really sure what a podcast was, (laughs) but, um, is that live radio? (laughs) We were were coming off the, uh, the debacle of the, of the justice league 2017 thing and all the drama with DC, with the DCEU. And that's really how it started. I think. Right. Yeah. Our first show talked about was our review of Aquaman and when Affleck was on Kimmel and he hung up the, hung up the cow. So we were, we were excited, but also frustrated because he's, you know, our favorite on-screen Batman. Um, so we started it both out of excitement and frustration, which at that time there was not a lot that was announced or coming in the world of DC film. Yeah. Um, we knew that Matt Reeves was doing it, but like there was no Robert Pattinson yet. Um, Henry Cavill was or was not playing him. The Flash movie wasn't going to happen. It was like Wonder Woman 84. I think James Gunn just got announced that yeah. he was going to direct it. So there wasn't a lot. And now the amazing thing is we're at our 75th episode, 76. So I don't know how to, I don't know how we made it. <laughs> yeah. To be honest with 100's you. Right? around the corner. Yeah, I know, it's exactly. Crazy. Better yeah. think of something special. Yeah, go big or something. Yeah, are, yeah. <laughs> uh, very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, now, before we dig into these uh, these books that you guys chose today, I this is your first time on the show, so I have to ask both of you individually: uh, what is your favorite Batman story? Well, my favorite Batman story, I, I'm not going to sit here and I could come up with the most obvious ones, but really. It's really a tie between two. I would say between Nightfall and No Man's Land, which wow. you actually pitted against <laughs> each other, to my dismay, in the wonderful bracket that you that you did. That's so much fun that you did that Batman uh, Bat Madness uh, special. But and the reason is is because I've read all the great stories and I grew up with a lot of different things, but. I was never more excited in the early '90s and then towards the late end when I was collecting those issues as they came out. So it was one of those things where the anticipation every week of this long drawn out continued story um, was just great. I had so much fun with it. And, you know, hush. And as we've gone on, there's been some great stuff to come out of it, but those will always hold a special place to me. Mm -hmm. So I want to tell you real quick, Ryan, you're a, what you're doing with that whole challenge is so awesome. It was so cool. <laughs> so dope. It's a great idea, man. I want you to know, my dad was genuinely, genuinely stressed. <laughs> I walked into the room. I think we had to turn him in, what, last Wednesday? Yeah. yeah. Or was it two Wednesdays ago? We, we had to turn him into you. And I walk into the kitchen and he's filling it out. And I walk in and his hands are on his head. And he's <laughs> down and i go what and he's like it's just hard <laughs> it's just hard it's because primarily for the nightfall and the no man's land he's like oh man it's good that he did this early but he's like yeah. i don't i don't know i don't know well, there, <laughs> there was no gonzaga against like appalachian state yeah, or anything like that. Right. You know, you, 
you really went for uh, for quality against quality there. So I, I got cool. I got a lot of feedback on like you know <laughs> nerd stress. Like yeah. this was this was the toughest decision I've had all week and such like that. Um, it was stressful on my end narrowing the stories down and then the placement. Um, I didn't like putting some of them together, but sometimes it kind of made sense, especially these sense, the sprawling yeah. epics between Nightfall yeah. and No Man's Land. Which one is better? And you know the the people have spoken. They think Nightfall. So. Yeah, there you go. So, Nico, what do you think? What's your favorite yeah, Batman story? Um, um, it's funny. Mine changes a lot. Okay. Um, but for me, I always cheat and I pick two. So what I'm going to do is <laughs> you, you're, you <laughs> cheat all the time. <laughs> I, I cheat on every show I'm on when I'm told yeah. like one or two. I always. give like three or four. I have to throw. I hate to copy my dad, but I have to throw Nightfall in there because okay. that was the first story, which he probably showed me when I was yeah. way too young. That was one of the first ones. But I gave that you was read. like the first big, you had all the trades and I remember mm-hmm. reading them and I remember being so into it because he had to do so much, right? Especially in that first part, you got to take down all the villains. You see all the villains. Um, I love you. You know, his costume, the oval with that nice bright blue. It just looks so amazing. And then that was the first time that I ever saw or thought of Batman losing. So I'm like, Ooh, Ooh, that's kind of an interesting concept, um, in a way. And then my other one is, man, I, I, I gotta tell you, I'm a big black mirror guy. Um, which is you, you'll kind of, I'll kind of get into the why when we get into our first story here because particularly the person under the cow has always been interesting to me um in regards to to that story but um i had that in the the final four and it went down in the first round so i was distraught (laughs) i was distraught but it lost the court of Isles, which is okay um which is a fair one so yeah probably at this moment it'll change every month but right now it's like nightfall and black mirror i always i always come back to very cool it may change halfway through the show, though. So if you come back to that, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, well, I'll ask again at the very end and be like, yeah. <laughs> quick thoughts. Uh, what's your favorite Batman story? Uh, very cool. I, I've said it on this show quite a few times with Nightfall. It was uh, it, it was awful as a youngster because um, I received the volume one of Nightfall for Christmas. Uh, probably, I don't know, it had to be 94, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I read it and the, the, you know, the last page is Batman's back is broken. Bane's walking out of the manor. And then I didn't know what happened for like the next five years because oh, wow. I, I had no access <laughs> oh, to Batman God. anything. And so I'm just like, mom, Batman, because <laughs> ah! to me, it's like, you know, there it isn't like now of like, oh, if you don't want to follow this storyline, you've got these other ones. You know, in the 90s, it was like, no, that's what happened. Batman got broken and he's just laying there. And I'm like, but <laughs> and then finally you- I got the and you had no internet or you had no out, yeah. nobody to talk to, right? I had, you had no, no idea what was going on. <laughs> You're like, what happened, right? Yeah, because yeah. I was in small town Indiana and there was no comic shop. It had a wow. spinner rack that was horribly stocked. So, yeah, I was just completely clueless. And then finally I did make it to a bookstore like five years later and I found volume two and three. And I was like, Santa yeah. Claus, please. Thank and he delivered. So, uh, yeah, total redemption. Yeah, that's a classic for sure, man. Like I said, I, I – th- those days were so much fun going to the shop every week and picking up the next installment. It was great, man. And you have all the issues. I have all the originals. Yeah. yeah, I have all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Woo! Yeah, those were gonna be that's back when uh it, it obviously didn't work out, but that was in my um days of of a speculator being a comic book speculator, where I was buying a few issues, <laughs> multiple copies, thinking I was gonna be able to send my son oh, yeah. to college on them. <laughs> 
It just didn't work out, right? It didn't work out. No, no. I mean, I think some of us are still doing that uh, like today, thinking like this yeah. is going to be worth something, right? And it's like, no, 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 oh, none man. of that's worth anything. No. We have like eight copies of Three Jokers One. <laughs> well, those are the variant copies that you like too, though. So that's a little yeah, bit different, well, you know. But, yeah, yeah, but sometimes the variant covers are the ones that. Sell. Yeah, you're right. Not, that's so. true. That's true. Hopefully, you find the right you find the right buyer. So, um, yeah. all right. So it's an interesting to segue into our main topic here of. This is the most unique choice and discussion I've ever had with anybody when it came to would uh, pick a pick a Batman story to um, for the show, and if it's available, it's yours. And you shot, I think, four. I did four selections to me, which one at the time had already been spoken for. Another one I thought was, and then that went through. Since we we landed on this, that's fallen through. And then you you chose two issues. Uh, Detective Comics 725 and 726, in which I thought, oh, that must be like a two-part arc or or something. And then I I looked it up a little oh, bit sorry. more, and I'm like, <laughs> two standalone. I, I mean, what? they're almost just like uh, you know they were in the grab bag, and it was just the the only link, I guess, is the time uh, that it's taking place. It you know post uh, after aftershock, and yep. and Chuck Dixon wrote them. Otherwise, I mean. Wild card. So let's just say real quick that uh, Detective 725, it's called At the End of the Day, written by Chuck Dixon, illustrated by William Rosado, cover day of September 1998. And then Detective 726 is Fool's Errand by Chuck Dixon and Brian Stelfreeze, uh, released the following month, October 1998. They are in the Road to No Man's Land collection. And you can find them uh, digitally to buy, and they are on DC Universe Infinite. So for this episode, gentlemen, which uh, which versions did you read? Well, I read I read the original ones when they came out. Okay. But what struck me was, um, and now you'll tell the story. But right when Nick went away to college, which he went to Elmhurst, which was like fifteen minutes from the house, mm-hmm. I lived but, that, the, but he lived on campus, so he was. He I lived there for free, though. He went away, but do he was, not forget. I did live there for free. I had a um, job, and such it was stuff. on my. It was on a reread of it that, um, for some reason, these two stories really stuck out to me when I was rereading the the uh, graphic novel, mm-hmm. the collected edition. Uh, Nick has always been a big Nightwing fan. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably your. I know you like the Flash and Batman, but he's, he's right up there with he's you. Like three. Or so five. when I read this kind of, um, this story was unique. It was it was exploring kind of the present day relationship between Dick and Bruce while they're dealing with the turmoil of the complete destruction of Gotham City. And to me, it was just a beautiful Chuck Dixon story within it's kind of a centered small story within all the chaos that's going around on Gotham. And their relationship is explored. They get very personal with each other in there. And that's why I just loved it. As I flipped to the Joker story right after it. I was like, wow, this is another great story in Detective right after it. It's a psychological game between the Joker, who's at Arkham. Batman's trying to to find an abducted young girl. And it just, so this is at the time. So I gave this book to him and said, you need to read these stories. Mm -hmm. Said, you won't read this this whole volume here. I know you. You're busy. You got a lot of things going on. I said, but I want you to read this. Flash forward to... About right when the pandemic got bad here, like in March, Mm -hmm. might have been like early April or whatever, I was doing a reread of these stories. 
and it struck me again, the 725 story, it kind of hit home like what was going on here in our own lives with the pandemic. I remember going to the grocery store and there was no water. Mm-hmm. There was no... There's no he toilet was buying paper. toilet paper. He's <laughs> if you did not get toilet paper at the beginning <laughs> of the pandemic, no matter what state you live in, Daddy it's because my father. <laughs> yeah, I it's because it. yeah. Daddy Bats came and snatched. So when I when I reread the stories again, I was like, "Wow, this is this is kind of cool" because a lot of it hits home. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like in the beginning of our pandemic here, society got a little bit uprooted and people were mean and. It was a very ugly side of things. I was just seeing at our very own grocery stores, just stuff going on. And then once again, the Joker story just kind of follows it. And it's like, you have this beautiful, like kind of father son story, adopted son, like you said, award. And then you've got him pitted against his big arch foe, but it's not your traditional Joker story. So that's why they always stuck out to me. Yeah. Hi. Um, so Kind of like you said, he he gave me the trades. Um, I'm a big Nightwing guy. I'm a big Dick Grayson guy. Um, people always joked when I was younger that he was like Batman and I was Robin, but I wasn't always into that. Um, I'm not a big, big Robin guy. I don't dislike Robin. He's a great character. But going back to you know the animated series and, and everything, and he always had all the toys, all the figures. I was always drawn to Nightwing Mm -hmm. because he was kind of like the cooler Robin. And then as I got older, like eight, nine, 10, I, I, I really grasped, grasped, grasped. That's That's a a tough one. one. You know, that's That's a tough one. Grasped, grasped, grasped. grasped. I really grasped. (laughs) You really grappled. (laughs) I grappled even better. Cha-ching. Um, with the idea that, oh, this is Robin actually got to grow up. And mm-hmm. I love Dick Grayson because he's one of the few characters in DC Comics that got to grow up and sort of become something greater and something yeah. new. So I went through a big Nightwing phase for many years. And the show Titans was just about to start or just got announced. So I was doing like a deep dive and he calls me one night. This is like four, four or five years ago when I was still in college. And he goes... I found the best Batman Nightwing story that I know you haven't read yet. So he drove it over and then he said, read the Joker one right after it's great. I read it. And then I called you like 20 minutes later, half hour after, and we talked about it for an hour. So then it became like a go-to story that we would always go back to and, and talk about. And like we always said, I'm his real son, but the relationship between them two, we've always been really into. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, so the full circle is I never wanted to, to be Robin to him. I wanted to be Nightwing cause he's older and he's cooler and he's um, the ideal version. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah. Just kidding. Just kidding with that little last one. So that's why we sort of threw these as a shot in the dark. Cause these are two stories that mean a lot to us. And when you said, yeah, it was cool. Cause now, maybe a lot of people who listen have, aren't too familiar or haven't read these in a long time. And maybe they'll go back to them and have um, a good time with them. Well, I think these definitely, um, I mean, when you read the, you know, 46,000 issues in the no man's land storyline, uh, <laughs> yeah. some do run together and yeah. I, I, but I don't remember these two issues at all. So th- I think this might be the first time I've read these. Uh, mm. So yeah, awesome. that's, and that's kind of in the our uh, fellow Bat Bro Justin Kowalski. He loves to come on the show and look for the the not popular stories. Mm-hmm. And we discuss, of course, love talking about the you know the uh, the all timers, the long Halloween 
year one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dark Knight Returns is coming up. You know, I love those, but then it's also fun for me too to stumble across ones I've never read before. Because then it's like, oh, sweet, the show is serving me also because I do, I've never read this. So, I mean, I wasn't going to be that dictator and be like, uh, <laughs> hell no. <laughs> Come back with something a little more popular, please. Um, but it was, it was also because sometimes on DC Universe, you'd think all issues, single yeah, issues are available. Yeah. And then randomly there's like, oh, that one's not available. Huh, that's weird. So then I was looking in any kind of collected I'm like, okay, it's in a road to no man's land. So that's good. But let's see if the specific issues, unfortunately they're on DC universe, which is how I read it for here. So uh, yeah, that's a, that's very cool. That's a, that's a cool story. And that answer is usually my follow-up is always, you know, like what made you choose these, but I think you both just answered. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you, <laughs> he is the Batman to your Robin Nico forever. Cause he came to you, yeah. educated yeah, you, got you ready for life with detective 725 and 726. <laughs> And yeah. then I got kind of angsty and I left and I came back a different And now he thinks he's the better version of me. So. Oh, come on yeah, now. You know come I mean? on now. So, How never, dare you? Never, 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 never. So let's dive into, I mean, we don't have to dissect panel by panel, but let's of go with, with yeah. issue 725 first. And I mean, I guess I didn't even read the outline of what this issue was about or anything. I just dove in. I just saw the the cover being... Oh, it's Batman and Robin from past and present. Uh, well, Batman and Robin and then Batman and Nightwing in the forefront. And I'm like, oh, okay. So it's a it's a Bruce and Dick story. And I think I was just really surprised at... Well, for first, let's go first. Um, set the stage of what has happened up to this point in Batman lore. Like, what's the storyline going on in Gotham? Well, Gotham's in turmoil from catechism. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're dealing with the aftershock. Obviously there was a big earthquake and it's just decimated. And so this story kind of picks up where Batman's kind of at the end of his ropes here and he's kind of lost and, and really kind of questioning if the city could ever come back Mm -hmm. to the way it is and who's right by his side, who comes over from Bloodhaven Mm -hmm. to assist him and and help him. But his ward, Mm -hmm. um, Dick Grayson has Nightwing. So it it picks up where, and I think it's so cool because in the beginning, Dick's like, hey, remember the good old days when we just used to swing around and punch some thugs? And and so everything's much more complicated now. Things are changed. He's older. Chaos is everywhere. And the great thing about it is that like, there's a line in there where Batman says it's not really so much about crime fighting anymore. It's about trying to put the city back together again. And, and I'm trying to figure yeah. it out and, and survival of the city. So it's a, it's a dark place. And, and you know, Ryan, um, back when I read this story, when it was coming out, I don't recall in all the years prior to reading that. I think this is the first time they really went so far with decimating Gotham like they did. Mm-hmm. Um, and it went through contagion. There's so many poor Gotham city, Chuck Dixon and them, yeah. they put him, they put him through the ringer, you know, it's Denny O'Neill's fault. And Denny O'Neill <laughs> too, right, exactly. But see, now when you read the stories, it seems like every other month, Bane or the Joker or somebody's taking control of Gotham and it's become such a trope. But back then for me reading it, it was so refreshing. It was like, wow, you know, it's like, it's, it's a big story, but it's still kind of grounded. And that's why I always give Dixon credit. He took this big, enormous plot, and yet it's, you still feel like that Batman's there, and you still feel like it's not like 
you know, like the Justice League isn't there. You're not having all these superpowered heroes come on board. It's still Batman in control trying to find his way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to add on to that, the 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 one thing I like too is I also love seeing the character when he's vulnerable. He's so stoic. He's always got an answer. He always knows what to do. And so I love I love stories that show him almost at a loss for words, for an answer. Um, I, I sort of, I, I really alluded to that when we all talked about the three jokers over at, Oh, let's go back last fall. But, um, he really doesn't know if Gotham is ever going to come back. And he talks about what, one one of the lines I love the best when he talks about how he, what he envisioned the future of Gotham as this amazing, wonderful, perfect place filled with light. But he wouldn't be there for that because when he's finally done is when Gotham would be that. And it's a and it's a moving line when he goes, but Gotham is gone and I'm still here. Yeah. So it didn't work. You know what I mean? Like, is it possible? And Dick is the one and always he's he's always a little bit more in the light, you know, that's how he operates. So he's the one trying to bring him back out of it. And it's just a cool dichotomy. Yeah, I think so that's something I always I love solo Batman. Like I think anything that's kind of like my favorite. But you bring in uh him and Dick Grayson Robin, and I'm I'm there. Uh him and Dick Grayson, period, I guess. It doesn't matter, Nightwing or Robin. And then you bring in also Barbara Gordon. Uh, the mm-hmm. three of them or just two of them alone. It's like th- that trio right there just works for me. So I I love the, we have the cataclysm that hit was a major event that followed, you know, a little while after contagion. So mm-hmm. I commend like the, you know, Chuck Dixon and then Danny O'Neill overseeing this of they're doing something different and bringing these epics to uh, Batman's history, you know, but it's not the, uh, Batman versus a villain punching it out. They're they're approaching a different threat and then, you know, engaging in stories within that. And, and so it is like while a massive event is unfolding, we're still zoning in on the the intimate moments between these characters and interactions. And so a few episodes ago, I talked about Contagion and and how mm-hmm. how much I really liked rereading that. And then I've only read the whole saga of No Man's Land once. But reading like this issue really stood out to me because we had the massive earthquake and all of that. But then here we are just like two guys and it's just basically a reflective issue. Mm-hmm. And that's also you just, you know, just like on a movie, it just does not work to have explosion, 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 explosion. It's yeah. like, no, we need like reset. To, let's tone it down and then bring back the big parts. And this just felt like one of those bring it back down character moments, characterization. And it's so reflective on their history. It's so true to their characters, their relationship with each other. And I think I was just really impressed with this issue just on that front that by issues end, I mean, they didn't really have any kind of action. We'll get to like a couple of the small yeah, moments yeah. that they do. Sure. And it totally worked though. Like it was such a, such a good issue. And and that's what's great about it because when I when I, I you know like I could sit here and lie to you and say I remember reading this issue in '98 when it came out I don't yeah it was it was upon rereading it and maybe it was because I Nick was older then and I knew he liked Nightwing but I was like I was trying to recall a story where you had this personal dialogue going on between Bruce and Dick and it's great I mean it just it you know you could see you really see that father son relationship that really comes true in here. Um, which to me makes the issue, obviously, you know, I was going to say the, the fact that you're like sitting here with your, 
That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Your ward, it, like, it, is that what instantly just pops right into your head is like Absolutely. relating yep. it to real life and stuff too? Was it sure. the same for you, Nico? I would say, yeah. I mean, yeah. All right. Pretend he's not here. Let's be honest. I would. Still I would. Same answer. No, yeah. A hundred percent because, um, not, not, not to get like too, too, uh, too cheesy, but you know, and through sports and life events between the two of us, you know, we've had a lot of father son talks. And one thing he always told me that is that our, that his dad, so our grandpa always told him was that, uh, the father always wants his kids to be, you know, something different or something greater. Um, that's sort of what the goal of being a parent is, is what sure. you've always yep. told me. So I love how in this issue specifically later on, he tells Grayson, you are the better version. You are. Cause what Dick Grayson is, is he got to heal in a different way. Thanks to Bruce, right? Yeah. He, he, he led him down the, the path as Robin so that he wouldn't turn out like Bruce did. So whereas Wayne embraces the darkness and sort of has fallen under the identity of the character when he's Bruce Wayne, like he says, it's a masquerade. Hmm. But when Grayson is Grayson, he's still him. He's the same guy. He's the ideal version of the hero. Not saying he's better than Batman, but when you think about what what Batman's goal is for the future of Gotham, it's for that type of hero to be there when it's all said and done and not him. So when I read that the first time, it's like that's kind of the conversation that you and I always have. And I try to tell you no, but you're like, I'll I, – I would do it all again in a heartbeat sure. because what a father or a mom or any parent does is they sacrifice for their kids and he is his adopted son. So that's why that's one thing I always go back to. And then we remember what it's like when things were easier when I was younger. And then as I've gotten older, life gets more complicated. Yeah. But when we do even stuff like this show, Ryan, it brings us back to that. Yep. So in a way also like, thanks you for giving us another image and an experience of what the closing of what the closing panel of this issue is. It's them sort of doing it all over again and they get to have that, that moment of fun again in a rather stressful situation, you know? So if any of that made sense, sure. I'm not sure if that made sense. Sure. You know, that's what the Batman book club does. It's, it tugs at the heartstrings. Okay. It's, it's, therapy. Therapy. <laughs> it's therapy. It brings us all together. Yeah. I mean, a brighter tomorrow. A brighter Gotham tomorrow. You know, you know, Ryan. I always envision when this thing's over that um, if we ever do this again, you'll send the limo yeah. with your driver. <laughs> we'll pick us up. We'll we'll pull up to your mansion. Pete's gonna we'll be my be, driver. Yeah, there we go. Pete's <laughs> we'll gonna be my driver. driver. We'll be escorted to your library where you have thousands and thousands of issues and the Wayne Manor study. You know, there you go. my He's Lego bat wing on the wall with Lego Lawrence. There you you go. know, you know how it is. Not like a Fernie Bronca. <laughs> We'll have fishy swah. Okay. There you go. That's right, man. We'll just dive into the issues. We'll make sure our hands are washed and that sounds great. All that kind of stuff. That sounds great. I mean, I hope I have uh, a mansion. You know, that's spoiler alert. I don't right now, but I mean, (laughs) it looks pretty good behind you right now. What we see you. Are you sure? Uh, Yeah. Let's let's lie to everybody how it is. So you probably have a better history and grasp on a. Dick Grayson's involvement as as Nightwing and such. So, was this the first issue where he like he he does plant that seed 
if he wants to pursue maybe being a police officer? Is this yeah, the first I, time? Had never, I had never seen that before, you know, so the, the one thing that struck me was, of course, you know, he's on his own, he's in Bloodhaven. And, but of course the father or the, the mentor needs him. So he comes back to help and he's kind of telling Bruce that he thinks he might be able to make more of a difference by becoming a cop than being Nightwing. And what's funny is Bruce is somewhat accepting of it, but then he starts to question him. Well, you'll have to, you'll have to carry a gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's that's a great line, right? I mean, it, because really, we know Batman's written different ways, but the core basic thing of Batman is no guns. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then Dick answers him like, "Yeah, I haven't figured that one out yet." You know, yeah. um, I'm still not sure Batman's convinced that that's the right move for him. But again, you've got a Ward talking to his mentor, saying that um, I think this is what I want to do. And ironically enough, I think it puts the light bulb up in Bruce where. Because Gotham is in the turmoil it's in, he kind of says to himself and has the revelation that, you know, maybe I could be more of a help to Gotham at this point as Bruce Wayne yeah. and Batman. And that really sets the stage. I, I don't know if you remember for issues to come when he goes to Washington and he lobbies on behalf of Gotham. Those are some great stories. Those are, um, those are actually in, they're part of the road to no man's land too. Oh, okay. No, so, but, it, but it, it comes back to this issue. That's why this is such an important issue in this whole storyline, because it's like him talking to Dick is, is putting the light bulb off in his head that, you know what, maybe Batman can't save Gotham right now. Mm-hmm. You know, we need Bruce Wayne. We need, we need him to get involved. We need him to get politically involved. We got to send him off to Washington. We got to get help. We got to get relief for Gotham. So that's a big thing in this issue that, that springs forward. Heard it, heard it here first. And this issue right here. <laughs> so two highlights uh, that are outside of like the the conversations between the two are definitely at the beginning. That Nico, I think you kind of alluded to already. The definite flash to the the past, which definitely felt sixties series oh, with yes. the oversized <laughs> bowling alley with the oversized oh, pins. And I mean, it's just one kind of splash panel, but I mean. It's fun. It's a blast. And then the the other, I guess, action piece is when he's in his tank and he sprays the yeah like the, like the yeah. rioters with the what do you say uh, turpentine and guano and guano and crap and, and crap and yes that's gonna make and he's actually marking them yes and you know that right yeah so that that'll, the police will know that those are the guys that were trying to steal the the supplies. And he's hoping more or less, not so much to put them in jail, but to cause shame. Yeah. Because again, it's not so much about crime right now. It's about trying to get society to conform mm-hmm. and kind of toe the line and, and neighbor help neighbor. So I think that's awesome. I that's thought that great. was brilliant, actually, yep. of just of, of that part of it. And it's going to mark them. It's just like we see, I've never seen it in person, but we see in the movies of marking the marking bills at banks and such like that. Yeah. Sure. And yep. all, like the ink and, and such that'll uh identify the robbers. I just thought that that was, that was a nice, a nice touch. And so before we move on to the next, um, next issue though, I feel like I've got to do it here. I think we need to approach these as two different stories. And so this is where I'm going to ask the favorite section. Uh, First off, do you guys have a favorite part of this issue? I do. And it's one, it's one, it's one um, 
Dick is talking to him about how he kind of handled all the Robins and he was a mentor to them. And then Bruce has that, because this goes back to three jokers. Bruce actually has that confessional moment again, where he says, I made a big mistake with Jason. Mm -hmm. And he said, I, I thought I could turn Jason into you, Dick, but I couldn't. And all the warning signs were there. And I really just didn't pay attention. Um, because that's something that to this day, we just kind of write about that again in the masterful three Joker story. So when you look at the history of Batman, you realize that for all he's done, that's still probably what he considers to be his greatest failure. And, and Dick is his, that's the apple of his eye. You know, he's, he's, he's been able to go off and go on his own, become his own man. He's, he's become a leader. He led the Titans. He's in his own city now. So I don't think he, um, as we all would want our kids to do, you want them to go on their own and you don't want to have to worry about them. Mm -hmm. You're always going to worry about them. But the greatest relief you could ever have is feeling like that you can let them go and they're on their own and they know what they're doing. They're going to make the right decisions. Yeah. Yeah. I would say for me, um, it's gotta be, it's gotta be the end the last panel when they go just like, you know, at the good old times, because at the start of the issue, it's a perfect full circle thing, right? At the start of the issue, it's Grayson trying to tell him that. And then he's like, it's not that easy. Look at what's happened. And then it's sort of a depressing, but moving issue. But you end with a smile. Cause then we got Wayne at the end. He's going, Hey, it is just like old times. We go down there. Right, they fight them, and it's and it's just it's 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 a heavy issue in a way that you can end with a smile, which is I think is brilliant, and I love seeing any shot where it's the two of them just jumping down. It's uh, I love it. Good stuff. Uh, I think mine is probably their discussion when they're talking about um, when he's talking about basically the Robins coming into play. I think that you just yeah that yeah. you just mentioned, and and then how he ends up leaning into a Dick. You're better than I am because I think that that's something yeah. that we've seen in in other stories too. Is the respect that Bruce has for Dick, uh, as you know, I think from like adolescent to adult, but definitely as an adult too. Um, I just I really liked really liked that part. Do you guys have a favorite panel in this issue? Of course you well, do. I'm going, cheat, I'm going to cheat and say the last panel. Of course, when you when you see anytime you see Batman and Nightwing together, the two of them swinging into action, mm-hmm. um, it's I, I love it. Um, I love. What are you going to pick, son? I love the panel where it's right after you. You know, he tells them that, like you, like you just said, Ryan, and then Grayson's trying to be like, oh no, 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 and he's like, no. I would make the sacrifice all over again. And it's just a shot of them two just standing. And yeah, right there. Grayson's Good. head is, is kind of down cause he's taking it all in. And as much, as much of a compliment as it is, it's also like he understands the burden that Bruce Wayne took on when he first put on the cowl that's going to last until the day he dies. So I just love it's a rooftop shot, horizontal view, of them two about three feet apart, just looking at each other. Um, it's great. I love that. I love that. I want to get that frame one day. I might make it happen. It'll happen. It happen. I've got, I've got it in my, in my mansion. It's already on the wall. So oh, yeah. yeah, I'll show you guys. I'll show you guys when you come over. <laughs> uh, mine's a little bit in a, in a, you know, emotional type issue. Mine's the fun two page spread in the bowling alley. 
Oh, yeah. right. it's, like, it's just a blast. Yeah, it's awesome, it's kind of like ridiculously nerdy, but yeah. it, it totally felt 60s series to me. And I was, I was all for it. I was right. having it. And, and, and that shot captures kind of the innocence what Dick's talking about, right? Yep. It was fun in the old days, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. We had giant bowling pins and we were just out there to, <laughs> to beat up some thugs and go on. And, I was in my little green booties yeah. and, you know, just having <laughs> yeah. the time of my life. How did, how did everything get so complicated? <laughs> and know. Up, you know what I mean? It's like, you know. uh, let's move it along now to Detective 726. Um, you guys have already kind of kind of talked about what it is but i mean from my perspective i didn't know what i was getting into with this one either and so then again it was uh even enforcing more so of like what a wild card pick from the carusos here of totally different different stories like different uh striving for different different things you know and here was such a we're playing with two timelines we don't really know what's going on but we keep we keep going back to, well, it's, we don't know where Batman's going until we see that, oh, he's going to Arkham. And then it just starts to click together of like, oh, we know who's in Arkham. Come on. And then sure enough, there's the Joker. And then it plays full on Silence of the Lambs of oh, Hannibal Lecter. Boy, did you, did you nail that perfectly? <laughs> that's, that's exactly how I read it. That's even years ago when I read it. That's yeah. exactly what I thought. And, yeah. and Joker just knows what's, and you're just getting the story as it's, as it's coming along. And I mean, I guess the re- the related aspect of the, the the previous issue is that it's another zoned in close uh, talking relationships, and we're z- zeroing in on Batman and Joker here and their relationship, and it's only like yet again enforcing that relationship between the two of uh, an unstoppable force meets an immovable object, you know, mm-hmm. um, and how Joker's just kind of toying with them because. He knows how he knows Batman's limits and restrictions and he's to say like what's going on is basically uh, another, a a guy in Arkham that was basically Joker's neighbor was just released a week prior and they found him. He'd hanged himself, but he'd left a diary and that there's a girl that Batman needs to find and he needs to find this girl. And he just feels Joker knows and Joker's just giving these little hints and toying with them. And then basically does the whole like, Come on, Clarice, you tell me a little, I'll tell you a little, you know? Right. Exactly. Right. And, and so Joker's just feeding him these little bits and it's intercut with Batman on this boat. And he's just beating the hell out of a bunch of guys, which is just like, it's classic Batman. Of course. I'm sure, you know what? I don't like these guys already. I don't need to know anymore. If Batman's no. taking them all out. You really, and you know. really don't, they don't really explain <laughs> these guys really. Right. Don't. I mean, I read it like three times and I'm like, what am I missing with the thugs? He's beating okay. up. You know? That's, that was kind of my only question. And it didn't detract from it made right. me upset or annoyed or bothered or anything. I was just right. like, am I missing the connection of how do we even, what's the deal with this girl? Is it the guy's daughter? Is it, uh, not commissioner's daughter, mayor's daughter? Like what's, who is this girl that he's going after? And they don't really explain that, but also it's kind of, it doesn't matter because a child needs help. So right. yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. It's one of those. Right. You got to buy into it. Yeah. See the way that I, the way that I interpret it is that um, obviously it's revealed that the Joker tells him that the, the, the guy next to the cell, Sherman Shroud, Mm -hmm. his mother would have preferred that she had a girl Mm -hmm. and that obviously drove this guy to be a homicidal maniac and he killed his mother. Right. And he winds up in Arkham over there. Um. So the Joker's setting all this up because he's diabolical, right? And they're mm-hmm. communicating 
through Morse code. Morse code through the cells, which is which is brilliant, you know. Mm-hmm. And and so Batman is at the beginning of the story. He's so desperate because this guy hung himself, mm-hmm. and he's got the diary, and he knows that the young girl is there. Now we never really get an explanation who she is, what she is, but we know that she's got just a short time to live, and Batman's at the end of the ropes. But he knows there's a connection with the Joker. And he goes there. And that's what starts that beautiful interplay kind of between them, right? Take mm-hmm. it a little bit from there then. Absolutely. And I love, I, I, kind of like you said, Ryan, it, it's it's sort of like it's not a red herring because they need to save the little girl, but the little girl on the surface is the threat, but it's all about their dynamic between mm-hmm. each other. And just when he gets in there and he's so desperate, right? And and he almost doesn't have time, right? He yeah. he doesn't have time for the Joker's game today. But then he finally goes, "I'll play along." <laughs> and so right. then it turns into that, yeah, okay. I give you something, you give me something, I give you something. You the anniversary is key too. Explain that. And yeah. and it's the anniversary that the of the Joker killing Jason Todd, which is also alluded to in the issue prior of Jason being dead. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's sort of the. The loose connection. And I love how at first the Joker is trying to act like he doesn't know. He's like, oh, is it uh, is it Croatian Christmas? Something, something. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even he's like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I instantly thought just because I watch uh, The Dark Knight a lot, but it seemed almost a little, you know, interrogation scene. Oh, yeah. And especially in how Batman comes in and backhands him. And it just totally made me think of like, you have nothing to threaten me with, with all your strength. And then Batman doesn't result to violence with him anymore after he gets to no, give yeah. him that backhand and it's pure dialogue exchange. And I, I just like that the way, you know, they break it up of like what every other page or every other two page or something mm-hmm. is cutting back to um, right. him taking out these guys on the boat back to Joker and back. And that helps break up. So that it just doesn't seem like it's a, along just talking there's a lot of dialogue on this page but i i think so the point in the in the issue at the end i want to see what you guys got out of it and how let me see trying to get there trying to get there he's he's basically talking about batman he didn't have hope that he was going to find this girl alive yep so that was batman's approach was i'm not gonna have hope in doing that but he joker almost says it in like a double negative and he's like, but you don't really dare hope, do you? After tonight, though, you'll never be able to do that again. So he'll yep. never be able to not hope. Right. So two negatives equal a positive. Yeah, so he positive, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's just, again, it's it's a cycle. You know, so again, they're having this banter. And I mean, and really, it's, it's funny because the Joker basically then just gives up, right? And he just tells him where she's at. And then... We understand then all those other panels of Batman beating up these thugs. They're obviously, again, I don't know if the Joker put him there. I have no idea, but it was a struggle for him to get from the boat to the harbor to eventually rescue the young girl. But it's a beautiful thing because basically what the Joker's telling him is he says, every time in the past, when I tell you that this is going to happen, you're already in, you have your mind made up that the person's probably dead because nine times out of 10, the Joker does kill the people, right? Batman finds a dead body. They've got the Joker toxic grin on them. And he, he very rarely in these 80s, 70s, 80s, 90s stories did Batman save many people from the Joker. It's always the bodies appear yeah. and he's got to catch the Joker. So now the Joker's telling him, 
Well, now you've got to think even harder because you allow yourself to hope that they're alive deep down inside. You know, they're not, but now (laughs) I've put another seed in your mind where you're going to work even harder. It's going to drive you even crazier because now you're going to have that hope that the person might be alive. And And that's why I love their dynamic so much is they're never going to kill each other. And the Joker doesn't want Batman dead. He just wants to mess him up. You know what I mean? So I love that. I love that. Like you each, what, how you each alluded to it is he changed Batman in this issue. Again, he makes sure that the next time someone's in danger, you can't do that thing. You always do where you always assume they're dead. So that when you get there, you're more prepared for it. Now you're going to think every person's alive and it's going to get a little bit more stressful. And it's only going to serve more scare. Joker to be able to to like flip the script on him then where he's hopeful. Yeah, and now he's like, why were you hopeful? Yep. Like yep. the, the person's more manipulation at the hands of the most diabolical villain probably ever created, he you know? Likes to- and, and, you know, nowhere in this issue does it even feel like you're in the aftershock, right? No. no. Isn't that strange? <laughs> Again, so on on my reread for the show tonight, I'm like, you know, maybe I'm missing something. Let me reread it again a couple times. I'm like, is there anything in the background? But this is really crazy, Ryan. It's like a story that could have took place anytime, Mm -hmm. anywhere. It didn't have to have the aftershock tag on the top of it because I don't see anywhere in this book where that's alluded to or has any kind of effect on it whatsoever. And I'd assume that that plays better now than it did at the time. Because maybe sure. after, at the time you're kind of like, no, 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 come on. We need to progress the story. Why are we, yeah. what the hell's going on here? Whereas now it's, it's kind of like, you could read this issue without being in no man's land territory. Cool. Just pull it up and read it like I did for this. And it, and it works. It seems like just as well. This is a timeless tale, right? This yeah. tale could, could essentially be told at any point in the history of Batman and the Joker. That's what makes it great. Mm-hmm. The issue before, um, could also be timeless, but they but it relies so heavily on the aftershock that you need that for that. But mm-hmm. but you know, this is again, you know, Chuck Dixon, and you know, you talked about the Dark Knight. I mean, really, Nolan took so many aspects, right, of uh of what Dixon and O'Neill did with Nightfall and with uh in Dark Knight Rises with No Man's Land. I mean, so these stories, they're so important to the history of Batman. And what I think everybody, what we tried to do today is make people understand that there are these hidden gems Mm -hmm. within these big crossovers sometimes that you're probably not expecting to read or, because a lot of times when you're reading these big crossovers, you know, there's a lot of filler Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of times, like you said, you're reading an issue and you're like, okay, let me, this was okay, but let's move on. Let's progress the story. Let's get on to the next one. So. Absolutely. Um. Let's pick some. Let's pick some favorites uh, here for this issue. Do you have? And I felt like this was challenging for this one. It's hard <laughs> of a of a favorite part. Oh, maybe on both on a favorite part and favorite panel. So, uh, which one of you want to go first on a favorite part? For me, my favorite part um, is just once again. I'm a sucker for a non physical Batman Joker exchange. Mm-hmm. It's when the Joker realizes that Stroud is dead and he had to come to him. He's like, Stroud's dead, isn't he? You only talked to him. You only talked about him in the present tense 
or something, and Wayne just goes, "All right, it's one, one point, point for you. you. <laughs> one point for you. I love that because it's Joker. Even like he, it's not said, but he sort of he gets to be a great a great detective for thirty seconds when he's like, "Wait a minute, Stroud's dead. Oh, you had to come to me. That's mm-hmm. why you're here." And it's like, "Ooh, you know, well, <laughs> no, that's awesome. Ooh, he came to me." <laughs> The best page of the whole issue is the second to the last page where, you know, Batman returns to Arkham and he gives him that whole monologue of what he just did to him. And the last two panels are great because on the left, you got Batman and he's kind of gritting his teeth and the Joker's just talking. And then the last panel is the Joker who's got that real sheepish grin on his face telling him like, I gotcha. Mm -hmm. Basically, now I just gave you something else to think about in our long storied history. And if you just look at those two, it's, it, I think it's great. You know, bingo. That's exactly my part too. Yep. Of that last part of you, you sure. do get that, that feeling of what this was all about. And it's not for monetary gain. It's not for the death of someone. It's just pure psychological from Joker's end. And he's a mastermind of it. So exactly. uh, that adds to his, his legacy. It adds to his relationship with Batman. That's just a really good part. And how about a favorite panel? Well, it's, it's that last one with the Joker where he's got his, uh, where he's kind of looking down and he, it's on the last panel and he's just got that smile on his face. Like you saved the girl, you're the hero, but you know what? I'm the winner in this, in this confrontation, in this psychological warfare. I just won. I beat you. Mm. I love when the Joker. I love when, um, he finally agrees that he'll do the Joker's little game. And it shows Wayne, he's sort of like, he's staring down and Joker and, and, and Joker's sort of in the corner, just looking over his little, his left or right left shoulder. And he's like, are you going to play? Gonna play? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is he going to do it? And yeah, then yeah. when he's like, yeah, and he's like, Oh, what fun. Let's go. Yeah, it's yeah. like, he's, he's almost like how I interpreted just in the artwork alone is, He's sort of like it even looks like he's like drawing on the wall with his index finger. Like, okay, are you going to start asking me questions? Oh, he did it. All right. He bet. And we're going to play a game. And it's just, it's so that's classic Joker, man. He's just toying with them. And, and Batman, unfortunately half the time he's got to play the game. And so he's almost just like, and I, I always envision Hamill and Conroy's, voices sure so i think we all in that panel yeah uh, yeah, in that in that panel i hear hamill and then i just hear an annoyed kevin conroy going i'll play along yeah all right i'll play along." and i'm just like yes yes is that what you hear ryan when you when you read is that the voices that you uh for the most part it's conroy and conroy and hamill yeah uh just for every reason, everybody, I have no hot take on why it's like, cause no, that's what a lot of people do. It's just, yeah. that's how you can, you can just hear their, hear their voices as you go through and read. My panel is probably the, I mean, two pages before that one, the bottom right as Batman is on the bike driving away from Arkham. I just think that yeah. that I'm a big fan. I always say in this, like on the show, you just, if you just saw an image creating a story around an image, and I just think yeah. that of there's just enough of that yellow oval hashtag team yellow oval uh, yeah. showing. And then you see the, the Arkham in the back on the hilltop, you know, and, and the That's moon and stuff. Spot. I'm That's looking awesome. at it right now, man. Mm-hmm. It's just a, there's it's a small one, but it is, it yeah. is just a cool looking like That's Arkham. That's Gotham. That's Batman. It's, right. it all just like snaps together. It's mm, perfect. Well, you, 
you know, in these two stories too, it's not like, and I, and this is no discredit to the artists. They're both very good, but it's not like these are like really artistic, mm-hmm. great renditions, right? I mean, they're solid. Yeah. It's more the story that makes it. Absolutely. You know? yeah. I mean, it would have been cool to see Neil Adams draw this or yeah. Bray Fogle. I mean- <laughs> you know, maybe had some better known artists drawn it, it would have even taken on more of a level, but it's still, it gets the job done mm-hmm. because the story is the heavy part in both these. Yeah, absolutely. These so th- the, the next question that instead of going, um, I don't know, you can answer it individually or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, would you like to see these stories somehow adapted into animation somehow? And then how would you do that? If so? Well, I think, you know, my hope would be one day that maybe they do in no man's land, but I just don't know how. Yeah. This is why the HBO Max thing, I'm always thinking about if they could ever do an adult animated Batman show on there where you could tell some of these classic comic stories. I mean, we know they've done them in the movies, but I don't think you could do aftershock road to no man's land. I don't think you could do those justice in an hour and a half movie. I would love to see like a, a a 10 part animated Batman series, like 35, 40 minutes. That, that would be my dream. The Joker story. Again, you can include it in there. Um, I don't think that would stand alone as good. Obviously there's not enough material there, but certainly with the bat family, because I, you know, one of the things getting back to Chuck Dixon too, is I, I don't think there's ever been a better writer to write the bat family. Mm-hmm. Um, what he did with Tim Drake and, and, you know, Batgirl and how he wrote, he just gave these characters, he grounded them even more, even with these big catastrophic events around them. Mm-hmm. But you really got the sense of family with this guy. And that's why he remains, I think he's probably post crisis. I think he's probably the best Batman writer really there is mm-hmm. yeah for me wonderfully said sir uh, <laughs> for me to yeah i'm not sure how to follow that uh for me to to sort of put them in something somehow i think the story between batman and nightwing would <clears throat> would be hard unless you sort of try to do the whole thing the whole story but maybe you could just do the exchange somehow the little remember it opens up a movie and it's just about them two. And then it sort of goes to that at the end. And that rooftop conversation is the end as for the Joker thing. It could open an animated film where he has some larger threat after it. It's sort of the way to get the wheels going is he's got to do this thing with the Joker real quick. Um, and then sort of maybe the person who put the girl in there is the big villain at the end or something. Um, you would adapt it even further. I would sure. adapt it. Yeah could do like a fan short film or something could yeah. be cool. I don't know, but um can I ask you guys a question? Yeah. Because I think I've seen most of the animated stuff, but there is is there any movie that shows the relationship between Bruce and Nightwing or is there not? I There's I'm not a sure. good amount I haven't seen. Okay. Um, I haven't seen all the animated movies. Under Under the Red Hood is a good one. That's got That I've seen. Okay. That's got some some of it in there. I got to go back and rewatch. I that. know in Bad Blood, there's a little bit of stuff between them. Yeah, um, it's been a while since I've seen that mm. one, though, so I couldn't even give you specifics. I'd say under the under the Red Hood definitely has kind of like the most and them yeah. side okay. by side together and such. Yeah, I think for both of these stories, I think they would serve great as maybe the as sub subplots of a larger of a larger mm. story. So. Yeah. The the movie the whole thing explores the Bruce and Dick relationship 
And so we get moments of this and reflection mm-hmm. of when, you know, the old times and now, and then the Joker scene. I mean, I can relate anything Batman to the dark Knight, but yeah. that's, yeah. that's a, you yeah. know, a play with time, just like in the dark Knight after the interrogation scene. And so you can put that as part of part of the story of Joker knows where, what Batman, where something is that Batman needs and mm-hmm. the clock's ticking and you could do this exchange gameplay, but as the whole movie wrapped around it, or even a TV episode, um, maybe you could do an episode about it. If it was a series, um, yeah. if it was a series, something yeah. like that. But uh, I think that's about the best answer I could think of. It's yeah. good. I like it. I like it all. I like I what all you guys all are saying, it. man. I was say slap Batman on it and I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an easy sell. I'm an easy sell. I'm a, I'm a subscriber. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, what are your guys' final thoughts on on these two issues that maybe you haven't said yet? Well, I just for me they're they're the two um, uncut gems, if you will. I mean, they're they're not mm-hmm. probably known by a lot of people. I think I got a kick because I think Pete a few weeks ago actually had seven twenty five because you know he's the back issue king. Yes, right? and I got a real kick out of it because he actually showed it, and I think he said he just read it and it was great, and I. I tweeted back at him. So, I mean, you guys have the knowledge and stuff, but I think it's, these are, I just recommend anybody too. Um, if you don't, if you haven't read these nineties works starting, I think you would start with contagion mm-hmm. and read it all the, all the way through to no man's land. Now it's a long read. It's going to take you probably a month to go through all that stuff. And you can't really stop for a long period of time because then it's hard to get back into it. But I just love that whole arc. And I, I think if you're a Batman fan, anyone listening out there that hasn't should start with that. You did a great episode on Contagion. Mm-hmm. And just start with that mm-hmm. and take yourself all the way through to the end of No Man's Land. Because there's some stuff that happens at the end of No Man's Land again, which is oh. some big time <laughs> moments there involving some big time characters. And it's mm-hmm. it's just really, it's just deep grounded Heart full of heart, full of action, full of mystery, and you got every villain in the world, right? Mm-hmm. And just the idea that the villains have all carved out their little sections of Gotham yeah. City for them. Um, and remember, when that happened, Ryan, that was a new concept back then. Yeah, like I said, now it's been happening. So go back and read where it first started. Read where everybody kind of took from those stories and use it today. Yeah, I would say wonderfully said again. Um, I would say. They're two really cool stories if you're not looking to commit to a big arc or collected mm. edition. Um, because I don't really think as sort of you just said, you know, read it all, which is great. If you're not looking to, you don't really need any don't. knowledge prior or after to enjoy these two stories. And I'll close it by saying if you're a big Nightwing fan, this is a great exchange between them two. And if you're a big fan of interactions between Batman and the Joker, this is a darn good one too. So they're just two really cool individual stories that I think say a lot and show a lot um, as opposed to just being your standard individual issue that so many get lost. Um, you would like, you said two uncut gems. Yeah. Two, two uncut gems, but not starring Adam Sandler. No, <laughs> Starring us. Yeah. And Ryan Lauer. (laughs) I mean, I can just echo what you both said. I don't have anything, anything really different to add. They're just small, 
small scale stories that work really, really well and are focused on on relationships without being without mm-hmm. beating you over the head with it. You know, it's kind of it's subtle. It's it's subtle, but not in the messages that they're trying to get across and what they're trying to add onto the dynamics between these two sets of of characters. And I just think it's a it, they're just great standalone issues that I'm sure don't detract from the No Man's Land story either. If you're reading the No Man's Land story. So uh, track them down on DC Universe or in the the back issue bins at the comic shop. Um, back issue bins. Or get your or get your uh, collected uh, Road right. to No Man's Land Volume One. <laughs> get your No Man's Land Volume One. An omnibus. The uh, yeah. The nineteen pound omnibus is coming. Oh my god, it's gosh. heavy, man! I haven't even cracked the plastic off it yet. It's so big, oh, you know. Oh gosh, uh, <laughs> gentlemen! Thank you so much for accepting the invite and coming to the Batman. Oh, Club. please! I'm, thank I'm, you for thank the invite, sir. We were honored and thrilled. You and know, it, it was it was perfect. It was yeah, awesome. I, I had a ball, and uh, to be able to talk as long as we did on these two issues too, because I did have a little concern uh, coming in. You guys, I told my son, I says maybe we screwed up here. I go, we got these two <laughs> single issues. I go, I've seen these guys do deep dives into these twelve part arcs and stuff. I said, hopefully we can uh, we can be interesting. So he Nico sent me that, and he's like, "Are you sure we're going to be yeah. okay to fill this an hour?" And I'm like, "Dude, Ryan Haas and I talked for like 59 minutes on one issue." Way back in October, so like it's that yeah. was that was at the, the the House of Mystery, right? It sure was. Look at your man. Yeah, I love that one. That's great, man. That's a great story. And too, that was a know? good, yeah, that was a good issue. Yeah. So it's it's just a, it's it's more so the fact of I don't want who wants to sit and listen to a nine hour episode of a podcast. So that's why for like these some of these big ones, it's like let's try and shoot for around an hour. I know we're gonna go over like White Knight. I went over an hour and forty five minutes because we just couldn't yeah. stop. But I just I just keep gabbing. Yeah. I can't help it. I just keep gabbing. Yeah. So, uh, you gentlemen, you want to do some plugs? Where can people follow you? Yeah, find I'm you just I'm just at N Caruso Junior on Twitter, and I am one third of the Vigilante Thirty Nine. Come give us a lesson. Uh, listen, it's a father son and our our good. Uh, He's almost like my ward too. <laughs> he is. I've kind of I've kind of adopted him too. Yeah, so. in some ways. He's like the Tim Drake, maybe, right? He is like the Tim Drake. Yeah, he's maybe more like Jason Todd. I don't know. No, he's no, not that okay. angsty. <laughs> it's too fun to be Jason Todd. Okay, okay. No, no, no disrespect to Jason Todd. But uh, yeah, uh, you could follow me at N-I-K-K-O-C-A-R-U-S-O. That's at Nico Caruso on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Um, follow our show, like my dad says, and I and I do a lot over at the Let's Go podcast. I have uh, written film and TV and some comic reviews. So just go to www.letsgopodcast.com. And we, we have a lot of shows that cover film, interviewing how you got into nerd stuff. We got a trailer show, a video game show, a whole lot of stuff on there. So you can come find more people than just us there. And thank you for allowing us to be on here. Absolutely. Hey, Ryan, him and Zednik need a podcast to talk about all the podcasts that they do. It's getting tired. Zednik does a little more. A a podcast about our podcasts. Right. Podcast about podcasts. I like that. That's that's funny. Um, Great. You can follow the Batman Book Club on Twitter and Instagram at the Batman BC. You can also follow me on Twitter at Lauer underscore Ryan. Lauer, spelled like lower. You can also write into the Batman Book Club at thebatmanbc at gmail.com with uh, questions or comments. Make sure you send all concerns to Final E33 on Twitter. Um, any, <laughs> any complaints about life, he will surely respond back to you in a rude manner. Also, we have merchandise on Tee Public. Support the show. 
uh, the Batman Book Club on on T Public. A link to that is in the description of this episode. And also, if you would ever be so kind, a free way to help support the show is to rate and review it. If you could take thirty seconds, that's all you need. Click the link to Apple Podcasts in the description of this episode. The more reviews we get, the more it helps spread the word. And as we all know, that word is panic. So, for <laughs> Daddy Batman, for Nico Caruso, I'm Ryan. And until next time, read more Batman comics. Thank you.